Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Agnes Hewitt. Well, talking so much about the staircase. Yeah. The finale was uh, yesterday, the night before. We're all caught up. I don't know. I like I it could I thought it had already happened because I was taking a break from the staircase because it was too like dark and depressing i needed like a true crime cleanse sure sure which i now is over and i am back you're back yeah um yeah if anyone hasn't seen it yet i do i think it's probably a good idea to watch the documentary first or maybe not maybe i don't know i felt like i gained a little bit more knowledge because i had watched the documentary but it had been so long since i've seen it i might not even remember much from it it's weird to me because people who, first of all, a lot of people are calling the documentary like the Netflix documentary and thinking that it came out when like, um, like uh, making a murderer came out. It didn't. It came out way before. Um, I think it's interesting, like people's perspective who haven't seen the documentary. I think that they are like, I don't think because the whole thing about the documentary is like it's really well done and you never really know who if he did it or not. Like you go back and forth every single episode. Yeah. Um, but like I don't think a true crime documentary made now would like really bother to have any sort of like intention or point of view like that. I think it would just be like a bunch of like fat like stuff about the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like I think well because yeah because people's history with the documentary and because it was left ambiguous i think that this show is also even though this show to me it skews more towards the opinion that he is guilty um but i think now if a true crime show came out that wasn't based on this documentary people would get angry if they didn't answer all the questions i think that um it's like people 
I don't think are, I think people are just like so conditioned on like, this is how I watch true crime. Like the true crime show that I'm going to watch is either about a person who just like lives really far outside of like the norm, like Tiger King, or it's about a guy that like, I'm going to assume is completely hundred percent innocent, like making a murderer, even though I think that guy is hundred percent guilty, or it's about like, you know, Ted Bundy or like something like that. So I feel like the ambiguity, I feel like there was like a lot of like craftsmanship in the documentary, like to create that sort of ambiguity like episode to episode because it's like every single episode and like almost every scene like you have a complete you see it from a different perspective Mm -hmm. um and I just don't think that people like I don't know what I'm even talking about I think that all the interesting things I said about this documentary I said before we started recording (laughs) I'm just I just mean that like I think it's interesting now people watching it and them being just like oh, like this is about this crazy guy who obviously killed his wife because I do think he obviously killed his wife, but I don't think people are seeing the ambiguity anymore, which is fair because I don't see it anymore either. Oh yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I don't see the ambiguity. I mean, we know from this show and from the reporting that's gone on after the documentary was released, how sort of biased the original documentarians were, which I mean, all doc- no documentarian is completely objective. Um but this, I mean, I think I would I would even say the consensus now, the cultural consensus is that Michael Peterson is guilty of killing Kathleen Atwater Peterson. Wow. You heard it here. <laughs> Definitely not first, but you did hear it here. I think that's like I, common. That has to be common. Not like you have to, to be, be a looney tune to be like, mm, I think the owl did it right. You have to be. Looney I know, tune. but I did sort of believe the owl for a while. Oh, for years. I did believe it because it does. Julia Pinoche is right where she's like, look, it's salt because they they never explain the blood on the front door or the blood outside in the front of the house. I Why mean, is there blood out there? Couldn't she have like been running away from him and like I get but it doesn't match like anyone's no, theory because no. like the other thing about that documentary that I will say is I've always thought that the idea of her just like slipping and falling because she was drunk, even though she had like one glass of wine or whatever, and doing that to herself was ridiculous. Like obviously it was, couldn't happen. Like a healthy adult woman doesn't just like walk, try to walk up the stairs and then just like fall and start like bashing her head against the wall seven times until she dies. Like that's just like it. You could have a fall, but I just don't think that's it would be like that. It would be a one in a million but things. To me, seeing the Tony Collette version of it was like so brilliant because I was like, this is like they're doing their very best to like present this the way that the that like Michael Peterson is saying that it happened. And it looks so incredibly impossible, even with like their very bad like even with like one of the best working actresses, like performing this, like in her, the best way she can with like full hair, makeup, lighting, everything. And it looks ridiculous, Yeah. but other people watched that and they thought, oh, now I understand how it could have happened. So I don't know. Maybe the ambiguity is still there. No, I think, yeah. I mean, I think they're, they're not obviously like saying things outright saying like, oh, this, this one is wrong. This one is wrong. This one is right. Uh, but it does seem, I mean, cause I always pictured it in my head that, sorry, we'll, we'll move on shortly, but that she was walking up all the stairs and like was tumbling from the top of the stairs. But in this version, 
and I guess the version that Michael Peterson and his lawyers were trying to say, she barely got up one stair and just like yeah, fell and hit her head on the because, wall. Yeah, she didn't because obviously, well, like the, the thing that I don't understand that they ever had to do was like the blow poke or like having something. Cause obviously what he was doing was like hitting her head on the, on the ground Yeah, because she didn't die from hitting her head that's why it doesn't make any sense. She didn't die from hitting herself on the stairs as she was falling down. She died from like her head being or hitting and falling, whatever they want to say on the floor and the wall behind her over and over again, which is like, that's what doesn't make sense. Cause yeah. like, even if you were walking up the stairs and just fell backwards, which no one would, do, you would fall forwards. Even if you like passed out, you would like instinctively like thrust your body forward totally. as you're falling on the stairs but even if you did that you would fall like and hit yourself one time i don't you wouldn't like keep doing it yeah yeah no it's not it looked uh a little absurd and tony collette has a unique i don't know if i'm going to be able to explain this right she has a unique quality as an actress where she can do the darkest material like the most disgusting, like in Hereditary or in this. And there's still, I wouldn't say it's ever funny, but there's like, um, there's a little bit of an absurdity to it because I think she has such an expressive face and like big features. There's, there's some something about her that always feels, yeah, like a little like camp or something. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I totally agree with you. Um it always feels like heightened in like a really like fun and like engaging artistic way, yeah. like not in a bad way at all. Yeah. It's always very truthful. Like she's so good, but it's, um, but it's like, she's got like a style. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. No, she, I mean the Australian, I, I, I she's not quite the same as Kate Blanchett, but it is, maybe it is an Australian, whatever, however they train their actors in Australia to like have a little, a little joie de vivre, no matter how dark the material that you're playing is. Maybe so. Maybe Naomi Watts like, too. Maybe they just have such a sunny disposition because yeah. they're from sunny Australia. They bring uh, a little light to whatever they're doing. But yeah, watch. Uh, I would say out of all the true crime stuff I've watched recently, The Staircase is the most successful. Yeah, I don't even remember what everything else was. Well, I, we finished um, Under the Banner of Heaven, too, which had its moments. Yeah. But I don't think, I think it was a little disjointed. I was like not crazy about it. Every time I watch that show, I feel like I'm doing homework. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I have to watch this because I, for whatever reason, then I just kind of stopped. Yeah. Um, um, and then I'm sort of halfway through The Girl from Plainville with Elle Fanning and oh, yeah. Chloe Sevigny. And that's actually quite good. Uh, yeah. Sort of straightforward. There's a lot of like glee um, fantasy sequences, which are sort of fun because she was like obsessed with glee. The TV show? Yeah. Like that's why she she had this like fantasy of the um, the like tragic romance between uh, Leah Michelle and her boyfriend that died. And so like in the show, at least she's like she memorizes leah michelle's eulogy for her dead boyfriend and like oh performs God, really? it in the mirror and then like has these like fantasy sequences where she's like dancing and singing like leah michelle mourning her dead boyfriend oh my god that sounds um actually really good yeah it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> um 
Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's a true crime roundup. All right. Should we talk about anything else? I don't know what else is. There's a couple. Happening. Well, I have a couple little things on the on the list. Um, I do want to just mention quickly um, the L.A. primary results. Okay. Gwyneth's, Gwyneth's preferred candidate, you know, Rick Caruso, did get the most votes, but he did not get 50%. So he's going to have to be in a runoff with um, with Karen Bass, who's the more progressive candidate. And I think Agnes is a candidate of choice. You voted for her? Um, yeah, I voted for her. Um, my lady, good old uh, Gina Viola, got in fourth place with 5% of the vote, which was actually a pretty good showing. Pretty good. I think that if um, Karen Bass, I think Karen Bass is just going to get like all of Kevin DeLeon's votes because they're like pretty much the same. They were like the Barack and Hillary of the LA mayoral race, like identically. Yeah. And and he'll get, he'll get, Um, or she'll get some of the, um, she'll get some of the gene. I mean, I'll vote for Karen Bass in the general. She'll get some of the gene votes. I think she'll get some of the Gina votes and like all of the Kevin votes. And Kevin was third with like, and he has like, thir- I think he had like 15 or 13 or 15%. So I think if you add what they had together, they will be recruit. That beats recruit. So. Yeah. I think, I mean, I have a good feeling that he won't win except he has so much money and he's like the only one who I'm seeing ads for. So I feel like there's still a, a good chance that he could win. Yeah. And it's also like, there's going to be a bigger turnout for the mayor. Oh yeah. 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 So, um, in November. that is kind of scary. Cause if he's like, just like the only person that anyone knows is running and more people are voting, then mm. it could be bad. And the Democrats are like going to be so not, or they're going to be just so disillusioned in November. So I bet like democratic turnout in the midterms in general is probably going to be really low. I, I mean, like LA is like, so I, I mean, everyone is going to be a Democrat. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I Rick guess. Caruso is technically, I mean, Rick Caruso has to run in as a Democrat just to even like get sure. all in LA. Like, but there's still like, I would maybe like 30% of people in LA, 25% of people in LA are Republicans and they're all going to vote for him. And they're going to be excited to vote for Republicans in the, in the general. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, still got a long ways to go. I mean, I, t- I also like the LA mayor is one of the least powerful mayors like the way that the city government is set up the city council people actually have like way more power yeah i know I, I watched a lot of the debates and stuff and mm. i was like shocked how much they had to like deal with the city council and yeah so yeah. i'm i'm much more uh concerned about the progressive candidate in my city council district uh winning who also got he got second place but he got to um the runoffs my unfortunately my military across the street neighbor did not win oh he what did he run for Mayor? for city council city council yeah he got fourth place i have no idea i mean i know i've i don't i have no idea who my city council person is you're oh now yeah i don't know who you are anyway. oh actually i think um i actually think it is nithia right now because she like her stuff ex- it like changed it expanded her yeah her because- district changed because when i first moved here it was like this other guy because we were like all panicked about save weddington the golf course and then um the the city council member everyone was like his silence is deafening his silence is deafening and i was like this isn't good and then for some reason it just like changed and i was back with nithia and i was like oh great because i i was like confident that she would not side with harvard westlake in this I'm sure Weddington Garden or whatever the hell it's called Weddington golf debate. Yeah. 
even though it probably is like you know not so great for the old um environment water (laughs) shortage but um it's not like harvard westlake's stupid thing would be better yeah people still need to play golf come on we gotta like go outside and do something yeah we can just like walk the grounds around harvard westlake's indoor basketball court uh what else oh gwyneth um wrote an article for Wirecutter in the New York times, which is oh, so she weird. Did? Yeah. It's like, I mean, I think it's her. just to get, obviously to get more people to go to goop, but it was just like cheapish thrills, Gwyneth Paltrow's favorite everyday things. And it was like all of Gwyneth's favorite things for under a hundred dollars. Goop is not okay. Like I think goop is doing bad. Yeah. I really, I was like, Oh, is the, cause you know, like the New York times bought Wirecutter a couple years ago. So I wonder if they're going to like buy goop now. Do you think she's trying to sell goop? No, I think she's just trying to, I think she's just trying to drum up business, honestly. Cause it was all the same, like, it's all the same stuff. It's, I mean, stuff that like maybe normies wouldn't know about, but it's like seed lip, you know, non-alcoholic booze, some, those like reading glasses that she always wears. Those glasses are everywhere. They, she is such a trendsetter. All of the guys on, um, uh, CNN, are wearing that like Don Lemon has them yeah. like I think maybe Anderson Cooper like I, all the guys on their show that are like their little reporters or whatever they're all wearing them she I want really them I know I don't even too. need reading glasses I should get I, oh, I should get some for John because he actually uses reading reading glasses I'm gonna get that, oh, those for him I'll for get his some for Brian Brian so we, would not wear them we can have our little smart newscaster boyfriends now I know Actually, I noticed that Brian's glasses evolution was the exact same as Michael Peterson's in that show. I was like, oh no, <laughs> Brian. Like, he's like, I like, whatever. He had those like rectangle ones and then he had like the round tortoise ones. But yeah, these these are like the, they're called Caddis. The, the brand is Caddis and I guess the style is called Miklos. And it just is like, I feel like any actress you see who's like taking a picture of herself reading a script is wearing these glasses. But I really do think Gwyneth started it. Yeah, no, I could I, be I'm wrong, sure. but- I feel like Gwyneth has been wearing these glasses for years. And I was like, what Gwyneth, like, Jesus, what is with these weird glasses? Cause they're, they're very striking. <laughs> they have really thick frames. They're really intense. It's time for me to get a pair. I'm going to buy some. I think I will too. I mean, I'll need them eventually, except I don't I, read. I mean, so <laughs> I know. Well, I need them. I need blue light ones. Oh yeah. Because my blue, but I don't know. Uh, what else? Oh, a citrus juicer, which actually I need this. It's a, only $11. Um, and I have been using the same citrus juicer for my entire adult life and it's, it's for limes. So it's like small. So for the past 20 years, whenever I'd had have to juice a lemon, I have to like cram it in. <laughs> Why? A citrus juicer is one of the easiest things to get. I think I, I have I don't think I have this exact citrus juicer, but I have a yellow citrus juicer that looks like this. I think mine is OXO. Okay. Is that what? That's how you say it, right? You yeah. Or I always that. say OXO, but. OXO. Just, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, they're very cheap. They're very easy to buy. I just never have gotten one and I should. Um, what else? You know where I went shopping this week? Oh, where? Fucking Trader Joe's. Oh, you did? I did. What did you And get? I went totally off the rails. First of all, I went because it was across the street from a mall where I was anyway, and I had to go grocery shopping. And okay. 
we had just been taught you and I had been talking about it. Brian and I had been talking about it. I needed to go to the store. It was right there. I thought I'm going to fucking do it. They had good strawberries. I have okay. a, they had a, their zucchini looked good. It's in the fridge. They had like a diced up vegetable hash thing that I got. I'm really going off the rails. I'm not like myself. I got full fat Greek yogurt. I was like, I'm going to try going back to full fat like- Greek yogurt's good. Or I would suggest, I mean, it's not as fattening as the Greek yogurt, but you just get the grass fed whole milk, um, regular yogurt. It's not as fattening. <laughs> Yeah, because Greek yogurt is like extra fattening, you know. Um, do you mean fattening? Fat, extra fat. There's um, more fat in Greek yogurt than there is in regular yogurt. If something's fattening, it's like it makes you fat. Well, okay, so I'm not saying okay. We're not going to get into the debate of does fat make you fat or do carbs? But that's, make you fat. But that's what it means to me. If someone goes okay, like, oh, it's more fattening. I didn't mean. I just more. I always think of more fattening just means it has more fat in it. I think it means fattening. It's like, it's a, oh, it's like no, you're probably right. You're probably right. I didn't mean it that way. Well, I always, as everyone, well, I don't know if everyone knows, but I'm, I'm like trying to get every single thing to be the lowest calorie version of whatever it is possible. You're a nineties girl. I, yeah. And so I was like, I'm just going to like go buck and like fucking get the full fat shit, which everyone's always telling me to get anyway. And I just get a little one and I'll That's just good. see. I got like some oatmeal. I got, um, I got this like frozen, like tart thing that had like ham on it, like a like Gruyere okay. and ham thing. Um, of course I got those cookies. I got a bag of chips, um, which I'm probably going to throw out because it's like, well, now it's just a fucking free for all after what Gerda said today. Well, you know how I've been living my life. Mm-hmm. I live my life. I live a free flowing fucking life. But then the best thing about the trip, oh, I got two bottles of wine. I don't know. I feel like I got more stuff than that, but now I can't think of what it is. Oh, I got cauliflower and gnocchi. I got like decent. I, I feel like I got a thing of salmon. I got their steamed lentils, which I do really like their steamed lentils. Like they, I mean, I guess you can get them at the regular grocery store too. Um, but you know what? Um, oh, and then on my way out, I got something that we would absolutely die if you saw it or we're even in the same room as it, because it literally is just a jar of seed oils. It's like, they're, it's like a vegan truffle aioli oh, yeah. that is just like, totally like, it's just like sunflower seed oil or something, but I did try it and it was, was really it good. good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, and I got some feta cheese. Mm. So, oh, the good Israeli feta? No, I got just like the regular oh, I BS love, feta. I love the Trader um, Joe's is Isra- like the expensive Israeli feta in the tub is so good. Oh, I did see that there. Um, oh, and then like definitely the craziest thing that I got that was like really not like me was just like a plastic bag of the of like six bagels that like those shitty supermarket bagels. I was oh. like, I'm just gonna get these, and then like I ate one last night. I don't know why I was like, I just, I don't know why I got, I don't know. I was just like at Trader Joe's. That's yeah, what, happened. That's what happens. Like, Cause you, they, going every, nuts. everything is so bright and colorful and cheap. And it's just, it's like, you know, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory in there. Um, yeah. I do. I might actually have to go in the next couple of weeks because John really, I just don't want to make, John will not make his own lunch during the day. And I don't want to fucking make lunch for him. 
And so I think, and he doesn't like the like healthy frozen meals. So I might just have to go to Trader Joe's and pick up a bunch of those like mac and cheeses and stuff for him. Those mac and cheeses are so good. They're really good. Mm -hmm. And then this was the best part of my Trader Joe's experience. I discovered in the parking lot of my Trader Joe's, there's this like great Asian market that has like every kind of like sauce that you could ever want. It has every, it has like all of these like amazing pre-made like things you can go and get for lunch. They have these sushi rolls that they make that look amazing. I got one and I gave it to Brian. I didn't eat it, but it looked really good. It was just like cucumber with crab meat. It like didn't have rice or anything. It was just like stuffed with like a ton of crab. I was so excited. I got, um, I got like a thing of Kewpie mayo there. Mm. So what is this store called? Is it an H Mart or it's called farm boy farm boy. And this is in Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Oh, cool. Check it out. And it was really, yeah. It's like in, it's right across the street from the fashion square. It's like, I swear I live in the one part of LA that doesn't have a good big Asian market. Well, it's not, it's really small. It's small. It, I would never, I thought it was just like a juice bar. It looks like that. And I was like, oh, what's this weird place? Like a juice thing. And on my way out, I just thought I would like pop, poke my head in and just see what it was. And then I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is like an amazing Asian market, but it's like a small market. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've just been, I mean, I, you know, as everyone knows now, I went back on the thrive market bandwagon. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm, I really want to start making my own like complicated Erewhon style smoothies. You need some CMOS gel. So I need, I I might do like a thrive market, just getting all, cause they sell all that shit there. Um, like chlorella col, col, or whatever, spirulina, CMOS gel, maca, all those things. The maca and spirulina are the two that I actually do like. Yeah. Spirulina makes you high, in my opinion. Like when I've taken, I used to take spirulina pills in the morning and they made me feel like I was on ecstasy all day. I don't know why it could just be psychosomatic. I don't care. It was amazing. They smell and taste absolutely disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, um, and maca is also, I've talked about maca on the podcast before as well. Oh, maca. I definitely have, uh, even if I go to Whole Foods and get a smoothie, I'll have them add maca. That shit does make me high. And maca has, I don't know. I feel like it has like a nice, like malty flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was recommended, this thing has spirulina and like a million different types of green in it. It's called Health Force, Health Force Vitamineral Green. And it's like, it's like $70 for a bottle. Um, Reasonable. But- yeah, but how it many might, smoothies does it make? It makes a ton because you're only supposed to you're supposed to start with only taking a teaspoon of it to see if your body can handle it and then go up mm-hmm. from there. Um, because it's so concentrated and it's like a family-owned company that's been around for 50 years, and all of the like insane people on Twitter swear by it. Um, it says okay. it's a vitamin green is a superior, nutritionally dense, therapeutic green superfood powder, which nutritionally supports blood sugar detoxification, blah blah blah. And it has um Oh, let's see if there's the ingredient list. Uh, I don't know. 
let's see. Um, what's inside? Oh, I can't find it now. Anyway, it has like all of those fucking um, different green powder things on it. Um, oh, here we go. They're making me, let's see. Do, do, do. Nope, just has a little story on the back. I don't know what it has in it, but it has everything. Mm, good. But yeah, I'm going to get that and I'm going to get, and that, yeah, that has the spirulina and the chlorella or whatever, and then get maca. I think that's enough probably to, to start off and then, and then find recipes. No one, it's hard to find recipes for the Erewhon smoothies online. There's a couple of them I found, but most of them you can't really find. I mean, I don't think it's really a recipe. Like I think you just kind of put, put it in your smoothie. Yeah. Maybe I need to go to Erewhon and, and take a screenshot of their whole juice menu. Cause I can't even find their menu online. I mean, I think that you should not do that. I think that you should be a little bit creative with your smoothie. I mean, you can do that if you want to, but I feel like a smooth, like the, the pleasure of a smoothie is that it's like, what tastes good to you? And like, what are you trying to get out of this? Yeah, no, I just, I am not an intuitive smoothie cook. I feel like whenever I try to make one without any sort of recipe, the texture is always off or the taste is always a little off. And I, I think if I got better at it, like if I start with the template that Erewhon gives for me, and then I can maybe improvise a little bit after that. But I would like to start with the tried and true tested Erewhon ones. Fair enough. That's just me. I, this is, I like, I mean, I'm a good cook, but I like my cooking. I know I'm not a professional, so my cooking does taste better when I follow a recipe. It's just, it's just what it is. I guess, I guess I just never think of a smoothie as something that you're cooking. Well, no, it's not cooking, but it's like assembling. Yeah. You're just like blending it. I guess it's just like the more milk you add, the like looser it will yeah. be. No, that's, yeah. Smart. <laughs> but, um, my standard smoothie is just like half a frozen banana blue, like just dump a bunch of blueberries in it, a bunch of spinach in it, almond milk, and then any supplements I'm adding to it. And occasionally a tablespoon of almond butter, which makes it taste really good. Oh yeah. No, you need, I think you do need, whether it's almond butter or avocado or something, you need a little bit of fat to hold all that stuff together. Yeah. I'm an almond butter person. Uh, I, well, I actually am a, I'm a nutso person. That's like the same thing, which is basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been Thrive Market and then my weekly now I will only go to the Burbank Whole Foods. I refuse to go Why? anywhere else because it's nicer. It's new. It just opened a couple years ago. It's that's yeah, a big one. It's a big one. It's never that crowded. The parking is really easy. And I do have to go on the freeway to go there, which sounds sort of ridiculous to go to the grocery store, but it still only takes me 10 minutes door to door because it's like, I know that's the problem. That's why I never go to Equinox because I have to get on the freeway to get there, even though it's still like a 10 minute drive. Um, the Valley is just, you yeah. know, you have to take the freeway, but, um, cause the one that's like closer to you is the, is the one on Glendale. Well, I have two that are close. I have the, 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 the big Glendale one, which is about a 10 minute drive and it's the same size as the Burbank one. It's just a lot older and it's way more crowded. And I just don't think it has as good of stuff. And then there's the little one in Silver Lake, which is even closer to me. And I can go there in a pinch, but it's not a relaxing experience going there. I, that one has like 
I like to go to that one. That feels like a place you go like before the Hollywood Bowl or something. Like if you're trying to put a picnic together, it's like very like I maybe just because it was the 365 before it switched to being the regular Whole Foods. But I feel like they have a lot of prepared stuff, which they all do. But like that's like the focus. It's like the way the store is like designed around that stuff. And then everything else is kind of like shoved in the corner. Yeah, because I think they this was like it was like a pilot program where there was this new brand of Whole Foods called Whole, Fi- Whole Foods 365, which I think was supposedly to uh, supposed to compete with like Trader Joe's and like cheaper grocery stores. Yeah. And so they opened this one. It was the first one. And yeah, it was like a lot of prepared stuff, easy on the go. There's not, there, there's not a full butcher. There's not a fishmonger. There's like not um, a lot of those you know, like pizza station and like all the other things that Whole Foods has. It's very like basic and the prices were supposed to be cheaper. That didn't happen. And then they just discontinued that whole brand because I guess it wasn't successful. So now it's just a regular Whole Foods that's small. Yeah. It still doesn't have any of the like accoutrements of a good Whole Foods. No. So, and it, because of, I guess, LA's fucked up freeway system, um, it takes me just as long to get there a mile away on the streets as it does to get to the Burbank one, which is like five miles away on the freeway. I know, I know, I know. Well, I think that's good. I do like that Burbank Whole Foods. That's it's pretty good. So nice. And the people that work there are nice. The people that go there are like less insane on the weekend. I think cause it's also like right by like Warner brothers studio and like all these things. So I bet you during the week it's like sort of crazy for people on their lunch breaks but on the weekends it's not in like a very residential area so it's like not that crowded on the weekends yeah that's true that's a good point it's in like the pretty like yeah I do love my whole foods I'm I feel like I'm really lucky in terms of like the supermarkets I have by me, which I've already talked about I mean you you have your Erewhon you have your whole foods you have the greatest Ralph's in the world I have the greatest Ralphs in the world and I have a not as good Ralphs. That's still good. Yeah. And you have the Trader Joe's right next to the Asian market. I mean, you have, I have the Trader Joe's by the Asian market. And then I also have the other small Trader Whole Foods that I've never been to. Cause I'm afraid to go. To oh, it. I went to that one once. Isn't someone told me that that one is like, they just like charge you for everything you pick up. Cause like Jeff Bezos is tracking you or something. Oh, I think I haven't been there since. Cause yeah, it's, it's like a pilot program for, the new Amazon thing where you just pick stuff up and then you don't have to get rung up. It just knows what you have. I like I have, don't want to participate in it's that. It's creepy. I haven't been there since they started doing that, but um, it was just like the old, it was one, it's one of the oldest Whole Foods. It's actually a historic landmark for Whole Foods because <laughs> it's been there wow. since like the seventies. Yeah. It looks very, it has like a 70s style mural yeah. with like a child with a daisy on it or something, which but is it's, like um, not really Whole Foods brand anymore. It's very crowded. I mean, it's, it's probably even, I would say it's probably even smaller than the one in Silver Lake. Yeah, I've never been inside it. Um, but, that's, but there's uh, a good big one on Ventura. Yeah. Is everyone else's interested in grocery stores as we are? I hope so. I hope that's so. All we want to talk about. That's all we're talking about. Well, we started have... off by talking about murder, and mm-hmm. then now we're talking about all of the different Whole Foods in <laughs> LA. So we're slowly getting to goop. We will get there. I promise. I guess we're going to get there now, right? I Do guess we have we anything might else? As well get there. Yeah. Um, if yeah, there's anyone still listening to this. Of course uh, they're still listening, right? No, there, yeah, there is. 
Um, okay, well, you know, we should just get to it. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What was your best of the week? My best of the week was this like weird, what is this like clean beauty products like behind the scenes or something like that? Behind the scenes, um, colon clean beauty from the desk of Goop's head scientist, who's this like guy that I've never seen before. I thought Gerda was the head scientist. You thought wrong. I um, guess. Well, this guy's job, he's like a cosmetic okay. doctor who like develops all of the clean beauty for goop. And then the, you know, they like talk about what clean beauty means, which we all already know. Um, their multi-prong approach delivers maximum results, which is just like, you know what it is. Um, but I just enjoyed the little interview. Like I liked, okay. Like this is the guy who's like developing these products and then, then there's like a little link in it where you can get, um, 
the morning and evening routine, both at like a pretty good discount. I mean, it's still really expensive. Mm. And I think I'm going to like, I think I'm going to start cutting back on how much I'm spending on skincare because it's really actually very, very stupid. Um, especially considering I like look like Quasimodo and like nothing is happening. So I'm like, I might as well just like be slathering some shit on this mug because none of it's working. Um, just kidding. That's not true. It actually does help a lot, but, um, you can get Gwyneth's morning routine, um, uh, for $245 marked down from 351 and you can get the evening routine for 224 marked down from 321. Oh, that's honestly not a bad deal. It's not a bad deal at all. And, and you can do after pay, right? Um, can you? Yeah, I think you can do any. I suppose you can. Uh, yes, That's you like- can do after pay and you get uh, for the, I would, if I were going to do this, I would do the morning routine um, because I just think you get more stuff. I mean, it costs a little bit more, mm. but you get the, um, you get the, Cloudberry exfoliating jelly jelly cleanser. You get one full size Goop Glow Flower Acids resurfacing toner, which is I think the Goop Glow product that I'm the most interested in trying. You get um, a face cream, the Goop Jeans face cream, which is really good, and then you get the um, Goop Jeans eye cream, which I personally believe that eye cream is unnecessary, um, but that's just my opinion. But that's the one I would get. The other oh, you one, don't, you don't get a vitamin C serum or anything. You'd oh oh yeah, there is. There's a picture of a vitamin C serum. Did I just miss it? I guess you must get the vitamin C serum. Right? That, yeah, yeah, you, you get know. the. Oh yes, yes. Sorry, I skipped that. You get the vitamin C serum too. And do you get any packets of Goop Glow or no? No. No. Goop I mean, Glow maybe they throw one in there. They probably like throw three, one in there. But. Uh, and then for the oh. evening routine, you get. The microderm uh, instant glow exfoliator, which is the best Goop Glow product in my opinion. And then you get a Goop Jeans all-in-one super nutrient face oil, which mm-hmm. I've never tried. And then you get the nourishing face cream, which is the same thing. I think that's what you get in the morning one too, which is like a really good face cream. The Goop Glow exfoliating thing is like their actual best product, I think. Oh yeah, it's dynamite. And um, yeah, but- so I don't know. I think it's a pretty good deal. I feel like if I was like, oh, I need all new stuff or whatever, like I want to try the goop stuff, I, I would probably buy this. And yeah, I think it's I, a good, I, I liked it. I mean, God, I really want it. I want both of them. I wouldn't be able to just get the morning or the evening. I would need to get both of them, which is. Well, I think it doubles up a little bit because I think you get that. Um, I think you get the goop jeans face cream in both. Because you're supposed they to don't... put it on in morning and evening. Yeah. Um, so you get the face cream for both. And then for the night, the only thing you get, you get the face oil and the exfoliator. So you could get those separately if you wanted, I guess. You might as well just get them separately. Oh, I want all of it. And it's so sad that my birthday is right around Christmas. So I only really have one time a year where I'm able to ask for expensive things. I know. And then it's like, you have to like do the restock on your own. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would, I don't know. I, I want to know if anyone out there has tried the face oil. 
I'm like, not as I feel like there's like, there are these fancy face oils that are great. I love just like that sea buckthorn as like a face oil Mm. or that Tata Harper that was discontinued for like my expensive one. But I feel like, um, I don't know. Face oil is another one of those things where I'm like, I don't feel like I need to spend that much money on this. No, I mean, I think with that stuff, you just want to find something that smells good because there's so many, I mean, there's so many face oils. And something that's like natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Um, I just really like the, um, I mean, it's not super cheap, but it's not super expensive. It's, It's just called everyday oil. And it's like 50 bucks uh, and it smells, it sort of smells like an upscale hippie. There's a little, I don't know if there's a little patchouli or something in there, but it's nice. It's everyday oil. It's just called everyday oil. They used to sell, there was this, um, this like fancy store in my neighborhood that closed down that was called uh, individual medley and they sold it there. I don't know. I would probably have to buy it online now. We'll see. You probably could get on Amazon, honestly. The one that I get is like literally 30 bucks, I think, but I get it. Oh no, it's 40 bucks. It's called, I get you, they sell it on Goop. Now they're also selling it on Poosh. Okay. Oh, of course. Oh God, we were going to fucking look at Poosh. Oh shit, we fucked it up. But I was so distracted by the seed oil stuff. I swear to God next, I'm going to write myself a note for the next week. Or no, we said we'll have to do it in two weeks because we said we were going to put it on a free one. Okay. It's called Best Ever Face Oil. Seabuck Thorn. That's the one that I got. How much is that? It's 40 bucks. 40 bucks. So it's about the same as my everyday oil. But yeah, I think you spent 40, know, 50 bucks. You're and I know you can get the exact same stuff on like Amazon for a lot cheaper. But if you want it, you want it to come with this like 70s style label and this like whatever, then you have to mm. pay the big bucks, I guess. Also, that's lasted me for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I always end up, because there's a Kiehl's store at the Americana. So I'll like end up there. But I don't, I just, I realize I don't like Kiehl's stuff that much. Yeah, I don't love Kiehl's stuff either. It's too harsh. Um, yeah, I mean, kills is fine. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's a, there's a great history. It's like a 19th century brand from San Francisco. But... I think that for that kind of thing, I would rather go to Aesop. Like if I'm going to go to like a mall, like a high, like a expensive, oh. like mall. Lotion yeah. Aesop store. is much classier they're... than Kiehl's. Well, I just think that like their low, especially their hand lotion, but like their body lotion is like the best they literally make the best hand lotion i've ever used in my life like it really works like mm. it your it your hands just like i keep it by my sink like it's just like so nice to use it yeah. like just it fucking works so if that matters to you if you really want to get that moisture moisture in then that's what i recommend so those are our those are our skincare recommendations for the week okay um Okay, is it time for me to say what my best is? Yeah, it's your time, Brian. Okay, guys. So let me just start off by saying when I woke up this morning, I was sort of like tired and lazy. I knew I was like not, you know, I always look forward to doing the podcast, but like sometimes I'm really excited to do it. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I have anything interesting to say this week. And today I felt like, eh, whatever, I'll get through it. But, you know, and Mm then I open, well, first I opened the Tuesday goop newsletter and there's not that many interesting things in it so i'm like fuck this i hate my life yeah yeah. <laughs> it sucks mm-hmm. but then i open the thursday newsletter and i see mm-hmm. this uh 
article called wait i'm scrolling down mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay the article's called and i'm gonna cry the article's called are seed oils like canola unhealthy mm-hmm. by gerda endman phd published june 9th 2022 mm-hmm. in a peer-reviewed journal a peer review, and it is not only is it by Gerda herself, but it is, um, it has the little Adam, you know, logo. So it's supported by science. And, you know, everyone knows that I asked Gerda this question months ago and I thought, did she forget about me? You know, was this too, too much of a controversial subject? Did she not want to get into it? Mm. What's going on here? And mm. then, um, but no, Now I know she was just taking her time, doing her research, making sure everything was supported by science before she weighed in. And um, so, oh God, I mean, honestly, I just want to like read this article from start to finish on the podcast, but I won't do that because it's so boring. It's really long. It's really long, but it's so good. Guys, you should read it. It's like the Bible. Like, you know how under the banner of heaven, Joseph Smith found the plates and then married a bunch in of the hat, put children in the hat started, yeah <laughs> that's what I wanted this 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 article makes me want to shout off to the rooftops um you know printed on metal plates go to Utah in a covered wagon mm-hmm. stock up on ammunition and and um marry some young no I'm not gonna say that that's what part. most that's what most seed oil people do I think <laughs> that's true and yet I'm not even so okay. So let I'll break to the, sorry, I'm rambling because I this is just so emotional for me. Gerda is basically saying seed oils are fine, guys. Seed oils are fine, according to Gerda. It's not a big deal. Have seed oils. Gerda says so. Everything's a lie. I trust, but I trust her. That's the thing. Is like I've been living and I'm getting blood work done next week. So I'm not gonna have seed oils before my blood work just because I want to be a really, you know, regimented control group or whatever that is for my blood work after that you know we'll see we'll see but gerda has done her research and they're not perfect seed oils aren't perfect don't just go guzzling any old canola oil you find on the fucking ralph's shelf but some of these claims believe it or not might be a bit overblown yeah i believe that i think in general just watch I think here's what I think. I think we're over consuming everything because that's the America in America. At least we just like over consume in general. And like, I feel like all of the things that we over consume have negative and negative impact on our health. And, um, because it's so challenging to restrain yourself, people instead become like hyper fixated on one particular ingredient. Like that's the cause of all of their health problems. And it's not, it's not like one thing was like secretly poisoned the entire time. It's just that like your body wasn't designed or evolved or whatever you think to consume the amount of just pure calories, whatever form they're coming in every single day that we do in this country. And like, I don't necessarily think it's healthier to eat like 10,000 calories of raw steak and eggs than it is to eat like a McDonald's, whatever. Like, I think they're both bad for you. Yeah. And like, so Gerda goes into 
the fact that these seed oils, especially the ones that like combine the omega-6 with the omega-3 PUFAs, you know, can get oxidized really easily. And then that does cause bad inflammation if you're, if you're eating old seed oils or, or, um, you know, poor quality. So she recommends getting like the expeller pressed, you know, like the fancy ones that come in the glass bottle and then keeping them in the fridge so they don't get, but you'd also like, you don't have to buy canola. Like you don't need it in your life. I still am not going to like, cause that the one thing, this article, I really wish Gerda addressed was the exist. It sort of doesn't even mention avocado oil. And I do feel like you can really use avocado oil in the place of any of these other vegetable oils and get that more sort of mufa olive oil type fat profile without having to do the pufas. And I don't really understand why you would not just use avocado oil. Right. Yeah. I mean, like it's not a big using a neutral oil, like canola oil or something for cooking is like not a major concern of mine. I have a spray of avocado oil and I have olive oil and that's it. That's all I use. And I have grass with butter, but like, those are the only fats that I use. I don't really feel like I need more than that. And no, I'm fine. The thing is that like, I know that anytime I buy any like packaged food or like eat in any restaurant, like I know there are seed oils in it because like, even at like a fancy restaurant or whatever, like they're not gonna, like, they're not going to spend that amount of money to like, because of like these like health these like unfounded health claims like it's just like not gonna happen yeah because it tastes exactly the same so there's no point i mean unless it's like an actual health food restaurant that the point of it is they don't have this stuff like well like i think sometimes we get confused because we're like oh well this is like a fancy or like cool restaurant or whatever but that doesn't mean that it's like healthy or like it's still very unhealthy like it probably is as bad for you as like literally going to Chili's. Like it's oh, probably sure. not better for you to go. You know what I mean? But we like, you know, well, because I, the experience is nicer. We like convince ourselves that it's like a better like choice for our bodies. But I don't necessarily think that's true. I mean, I think, yeah, calorically, definitely not. Like fancy restaurants or cool restaurants are just as as calorically dense as McDonald's or Chili's or whatever. But I do think, and this might be very tiny differences, you are going to get a more nutritionally dense food. If, if the restaurant is, you know, buying stuff from the farmer's market or whatever, like it's not going to be, they're not, those calories aren't going to be quite as empty as, as going to like Applebee's or Chili's. No, I think that's probably true, but But it's it's, like that stuff that is like, like if you're trying to like get like, your vitamins and nutrients from the food that you're eating. I mean, you don't go you to could get like, you could get like, I mean, I feel like those are, those are things that are happening like over like a long period of time. Yeah. I don't really know. I actually don't know anything about nutrition <laughs> and I. that is a fact. And you can take that to the bank. I yeah. have no fucking idea, but I do sort of think that like everything about food that we think is bullshit and the only thing about it that's true is that like we eat too much that's it that's i'm that's that's the only thing i'm gonna that's my philosophy and if you know what i mean and i mean i don't like you obviously don't feel as good if you like fill up on like something that's like 
totally based on like white flour or something as you do. If you like eat a salad, like, you know, what feels better and what's better for you. I also think that we've been like indoctrinated to consume, um, <laughs> to like overconsume grains and dairy, like yeah, yeah, USDA yeah, yeah. or whatever. Oh, like. for sure. But like, other than those things, I don't have any opinion about like what you should or shouldn't eat. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think like over just overeating in general, obviously like contributes to a lot of health problems. Um, but I guess I also, and maybe this is like my own, um, neuroses I've gotten really into like only eating organic stuff lately in a weird way that I never really was before. And I think I'm not sure how much of that is science and how much of that is. I mean, I'm terrified of the pesticides. I get yeah. it. I get organic. I get like the dirty dozen. I get organic. And then the rest of it, I get sort of whatever. Anything even, that, like if it's covered, if it's like got a peel on it, I'm like, fine. But like grains, like rice and oats and stuff. Well, you have like, to get those organic because they're out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then I do. And then even like, like honey, olive oil, like these things, like what are the, are the bees eating or drinking nectar from flowers that are sprayed by, um, Roundup? Like, that's why I'm like, yeah. I should get organic honey. Same with the olives. Same with, I mean, it the never olive, ends. You have to be careful with the olive oil. I think that the problem is, I think everybody needs to flee America. I think America is a shithole and it's like a death machine and like get out as fast as you possibly can. I'm like literally freaking out, like living here. But I also feel like American like restaurant culture and like dining culture is so unbelievably toxic. And that's the reason that we have to like have these like disgusting preoccupations with like the kinds of like pesticides that are used on our plants and stuff. It's because like, there's no, we do not eat for pleasure. Like we don't like go to a restaurant and like sit and like enjoy ourselves. It's like, I feel like we just like go and like shovel a bunch of shit in our face in order to like numb out and then just like run out even like no matter what the restaurant is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can, obviously there, there are exceptions and like everybody can have like a nice time or whatever here and there, but I feel like that's like the exception. Yeah. Cause people don't eat for recreation as much. It's like you're eating in between, Oh, I have to do this. I have to go this, I have to be at work here. And so it's like, you're, it's all, you're just rushing from place. And to like place. the value of the food is like totally off. Like the value of going to eat is like mm. the experience of like doing something. It's not like, Oh, like this quality of food was met my standards. And so I will give them the money that they request in the like open market or whatever, yeah. which is like how we view all of it. Yeah. But like, we're not just like chilling out and like, Oh, like let's go. You know what I mean? We're not just like yeah. going somewhere for to go there. It's very like, it feels so like market driven. And I'd rather, I mean, money wise too. It's like, I, since I've, you know, the last several months been really conscious of like cooking almost every night. And, you know, I, we do take out, like I'll do takeout once a week now, instead of like two or three times a week, which makes a big difference money wise. But I'm like, oh, you know, I can, that extra money I'm saving from not doing takeout a couple of times a week, then like once every two months, we can actually like go out to a nice restaurant and have like a amazing time instead of yeah. just fucking ordering the same garbage. 
Yeah. Ordering takeout is just like, so soul. I feel like I, I got into the habit during the pandemic of like yeah. ordering so much takeout. Totally. Um, but um, yeah. I don't know. I did anyway. order sushi this week. Oh uh, yeah. Sushi is one of those things. that's like, you're not going to make that. <laughs> I I couldn't if I tried and if I tried I would like it would be really bad and I would be scared so yeah (laughs) uh okay quickly just I'm not gonna read the whole thing I just want to quickly just talk about what Gerda says um one thing I didn't know about her was the first research she did as an undergraduate at Cal was on the health benefits of polyunsaturated fats in oils so she's like she's she's a truly an expert Suck on that, Jen Gunter. <laughs> yeah, what was yours on? Menopause. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God, no, I don't. Please, Jen, I'm just kidding. Please don't say anything to me. Um. So then, yeah, she goes into the claims against seed oils, which I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you probably know they're bad for you. They're inflammatory. They're toxic. Um, coconut oil and butter are be- are better than seed oils. And then she sort of talks about uh linoleic acid which is omega-6 versus alpha linoleic acid which is omega-3s um and basically she's saying those omega-6s are actually better for your heart um than saturated fats and they reduce the risk of heart attacks they lower ldl cholesterol i mean that's like been kind of like the standard yeah it's the standard yeah um and so but then she does talk about like there are things to watch out for like we talked about earlier, um, seed oils that are getting oxidized, the type of fat that they have, it's easier for those oils to be rancid. And then that will cause inflammation. Um, so yeah, just buy a small amount, keep them in the fridge, um, blah, blah, blah. So then, and she really more than once in this article, she talks about how bad coconut oil is for you. And I feel like that has been just a total goop reversal in the past few years. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's good. There's showed that they can like pivot when the science, I mean, that's like what a scientist is supposed to do. Like when you're proven wrong, you have to just say, yeah, I'm wrong because that's what the science says, you know? Um, Uh so conclusions, the research does not support the hypothesis that avoiding seed oils and substituting butter and coconut oil has health benefits. Seed oils contain healthy fats that are essential nutrients, lower blood cholesterol, and are less inflammatory than other fats. Saturated fats in dairy, red meat, and coconut are resistant to oxidation, so they can be good for cooking, but these fats are inflammatory and cause blood cholesterol to go, go up. To reduce consumption of inflammatory fats, eat less fried food, and animal fat and cook with olive oil or high oleic sunflower oil. Yeah. That sunflower oil. I am kind of interested in that high oleic sunflower oil. So yeah, that's a sunflower oil that's bred to have a better ratio of sixes to threes. So I do think that that's probably pretty fine. And in fairness, in fairness, that is the number one ingredient in my vegan truffle aioli. Okay. All right. But it's better than canola oil or anything else. Yeah. Um, but again, I think if, you know, avocado oil has a more similar fat profile to olive oil. And I think you could use, you could use that instead. And that w- that's fine too. But her big thing is eat less fried food. And I think. I feel my- like, I feel like this is what I've been saying, not to be a bitch, but no, I do you, feel like yeah. that's what I've been saying. I think, I think you have. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm not, I'm no scientist. I'm just, 
Okay. Can I just, I feel like this was a huge day for you and I'm really proud of you. I'm happy for you, Brian. I, I know that this is something you've been waiting for this day for years. And I feel like your unwavering commitment to this issue and your activism is what brought this change about to actually have Gerda write an article about seed oils on goop. And you should be really proud of yourself. Thank you. I feel, and it's funny because I, um, I really didn't have a horse in this race or a dog in this fight, whatever the expression is. I think I, it's both. Yeah, like I, I listen to Gerda. Of course, I'm going to trust Gerda. I still think I'm going to try to limit the amount of seed oils I eat. Um, but that's not for any sort of weird political ideology. It's just because, like Gerda says, fried food is bad for you. And so I think that's what I'm going to focus on, not eating fried food, not eating processed or packaged food, cooking almost all of my own food and making healthier choices when I do go out to eat. And that's all any of us can hope for. I mean, it's really the best you can do. Yeah. And I've, um, I mean, not that I care about losing weight or need to lose weight or whatever. Well, my doctor said I should have, lo- I should lose weight. So I guess, <laughs> but um, I've lost like almost 10 pounds since I stopped eating seed oils. And I don't know if that has anything to do with the seed oils or just not eating as much, not eating fried food, whatever. But the facts, the facts. The facts are the facts. And my blood- also been pl- playing tennis five days a week. I have been playing tennis five days yeah. a week. So, um, and not I'm- ordering out. See, it's like, I just, I think that it's because like when you don't order out, you're eating less. I feel like every, when you eat out, you are eating a ton of seed oils, but you're eating a ton of fat and calories totally. in that is what those things are made of. So if you're eating less fat and calories and you're working out five times a week, like you're going to lose weight. I like, but maybe it, I mean, so like if it helps, but saying like, I'm not going to eat seed oils then like, do, do that. Yeah. And I feel it's just like healthier for you to like eat less and move more. Exactly. Just, like, exactly. Which yeah. is literally we've gone in the, the whole sort of nutritional discourse just goes in circles for thousands of years one thing is consistently true and like has not stopped being true this entire time eat less exercise more it's just because people need to earn fucking money and so they like make up these like new things like oh this is the thing that's the thing it's just it's very simple yeah it's just like hard to stick with it if you have a if you have a um you know, eating disorder, which we both do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, we talk about it hours a week. So constantly and like the whole podcast probably needs to get shut down by like, (laughs) by the government. By the Surgeon General, by Gerda herself. It's not, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, Um, Anyway, so listen to us. Don't listen to us, whatever. Um, I would not listen to us, but I would, I mean. Listen to Gerda. Listen to Gerda. I, I was really actually close to like sending this link to the seed oil disrespecter and being like, Hey, what do you think about this? But I, I don't want to get Gerda involved and I don't want her to have to deal with any of these people. So I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to send this to them. No. Cause this nothing good could come out of that. I don't need Gerda getting like Pepe memes thrown in her at her. And she's not even on social not media. Not on Twitter. Yeah. I don't think that they could. I think they would all get filtered out because they probably have to like email them to like Goop headquarters or whatever. Yeah. And then they would just like, some, someone would just like get them and immediately delete it without opening it, which is what they probably did most. Uh, but uh, yeah, the those seed, that seed oil couple is just creeping me out more and more as the days go by. They're really creepy. Out. They're really creepy. Ugh. They're ta- They're just talking about home homeschool and how it's like horrible that mothers have to be away from their children during the day to send their kids to a place where the government like the the uh the, like where the teachers are employed by the government 
they are so fucking stupid. You should never pay attention to anything they say again. They are the dumb. Anyone who says that, if that, if anyone thinks that that is the problem with schools in America, um, because they're American, right? Obviously, yeah, they live in Kentucky. They yeah. live in, but not in like the holler. They live in like a suburb of Cincinnati. Wait. Oh, I see. I don't know where, I don't know where anything is a suburb of Cincinnati, but it's in Kentucky. Cause yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Cause Cincinnati's right on the yeah, Ohio, Kentucky. Border. No, I, I feel like I just didn't know what you're talking about, even though like, <laughs> I've like literally lived in Illinois and like, I drove down there before, but, um, uh, they are too stupid to be listened to because yeah, absolutely. that is not what is wrong. It, that is, Oh God, I don't even want to, let's not talk about it. Yeah. Well, I might have to talk about it one more time because there's another article that sort of pertains to their life, which we're going to talk about, but let's okay. move on. Let's well, move on to your worst. Well, I don't know. I just realized what my worst should have been because I fucked up and forgot something that happened this week, but I kind of was hoping that you would bring it up because I think you might've been more because you just generally know more about the stuff than I do, but we didn't talk about Cause I think the seed oil thing just like totally eclipsed, like, and I'm really afraid of her. I feel like today's the day that like, she's, I'm going to like catch her wrath, but like, and I just want, if, if you're listening, doctor, <laughs> oh, you're talking her, about the gunster. I just want to, I just want to say, um, sorry, Brian, but I just have to say this. Brian is the one who talks about it more <laughs> than me. I am only doing, I, I'm only doing now in this one, but like, really it's always him. So like, please direct your wrath at him and not me. Um, okay. Anyway, now that that, now that I prefaced it with that, um, well, she hates our, men anyway, so she's going to, yeah. you know, focus her anger at me. So, oh yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> No, she probably, she doesn't, she hates women. Oh, she tries. Yeah. She hates women. And any women. woman who threatens her in any way is like, watch out. I mean, I think that's the reason that she hates goop so much. I think she that's, just like can't yeah. handle. I think that she's just, an, I think that she is just like all of these other fucking women or men or whatever, who are just triggered by Gwyneth Paltrow for being Gwyneth Paltrow. I think that when it comes down to it, that's what all of the whole problem is. I mean, I get it. I wish I was going to Paltrow too. Okay. So Jen Gunter had a big, big fight this week with like an obscure medical blog that no one's ever heard of, but she absolutely melted down about this. Um, it's crazy. I'm, I'm on the Gunter beat constantly and yeah. even this was too boring for me to even engage in it at all see I was interested in this so because I think Jen Gunter is um I think I'm gonna just say I'm afraid of what I'm gonna say about her because I think I this is a public one and I'm like genuinely scared of her because she is a very wrathful person if you say something bad about her publicly i don't think our podcast is big enough for her to care no but and i'm so thankful. But this blog doesn't really exactly yeah. look like it's doing fucking gangbusters either so i don't know but we we are very we are very conscious to never tag her to never even write her whole name out we put asterisks never but and it's only a matter of time before she starts searching her name with the yeah, asterisks i mean like true. well i don't know she's bright does. enough to do that um, and all of our listeners obviously are so good at never tagging her. Like, I know they're just, so, yeah. thank you so much yeah. for keeping our dark. <laughs> Cause I think everyone them. agrees with us. I mean, how could you not? Yeah. So 
The thing that confuses me the most. So what happened was there is an, there is a publication called med page today that hired some poor woman to write an article about uh, Jen Gunter's appearance on Glennon Doyle's podcast. Here's the thing. The article never mentions Jen Gunter's name. It never mentions Glennon Doyle's name. It never mentions the name of the podcast. They're all referred to totally anonymously, like the well-known, a well-respected gynecologist on a popular podcast. Like that's how it's discussed. Oh, I didn't know that. So I don't even know how she found it because she's not named at all, which also terrifies me because we of course don't name her, but she finds it anyway. She can find you. You know, it's probably inevitable at this point that one day she will find us. It's going to be this one. And she's going to come for how stupid I am. Actually, I'm, I'm going to relish it because it will probably get us more uh, publicity than we've ever gotten. Yeah, before. because all we care. Yeah, exactly. She'll and be doing us a the favor. Gunter Goblin. I mean, the Gunter Goblins <laughs> will find us eventually. Is that what I, she calls her fans? No, like that's my what, little that's goblin. what I call them. <laughs> but um, I'm sure that's what happened. Was someone just sent her that link to probably like, so, someone so, just yeah, sent it yeah. to so her. That will happen with this podcast, and you know, we'll be her. You know, her bugaboo for the week, one week, and we'll just have to deal with it. She's like, or like even for like 15 minutes, because she will go off. She gets like so heated, but it's like this is happening constantly for her. So she tweeted like a prequel, like a a preview of the fight where she was like, if you're going to come for me, don't miss watch this space. Like, okay. Okay, doctor. And I wish like, I was sure it was about us. I was I was so narcissistic. I was, because like I'm sure that I've missed quite a bit and like almost exclusively missed. Like I don't know what she's talking about. I just am scared of her. That's all I know. But like she um and I was I, it also kind of I'm sorry, but like I do know this that she was kind of copying like what Gwyneth Paltrow said when she, when Gwen, when Jen, Dr. Jen came for her, where she oh. was like, if you're going to come for us, you better bring your A game. Oh, that's right. Remember? Yeah. See, I may not be a doctor, but I definitely know what Gwyneth Paltrow said and like and, her various tiffs on the and internet. And do you think and Jen Gunter was, was self-aware that she was using sort of the same? No, I don't think she's self-aware at all. I don't think she knows. I think she's like so influenced by Gwyneth Paltrow that like that stuff just kind of like seeps into her psyche. It is weird to me that someone who is so, uh, well, I guess it's not that weird, but she she's, she so craves a, a big platform and craves to be part of the conversation. And yet whenever anyone talks about her, she's so thin skinned. Well, I can't tell if that's just like purely cynical because she's trying to get more attention. Oh, like, people be, yeah. will, like go on the internet and like fight with whoever mentions them just because the controversy will just get them attention. Or if she really is that insecure, it could be both. I have no idea, but it's just, this is so she was on a huge podcast like this like whatever is this called untamed or i don't know what i don't the like the book is untamed i shit glennon doyle really creeps me out i don't like any of this stuff i don't like any self help stuff and i definitely like that was the only episode of it that i ever listened to and to be fair i like skipped through a lot of it anyway it's weird um, to me that jen i mean i guess cuz she has a big platform but like cuz glennon doyle to me seems like 
sort of in the same vein as like a Marianne. Yeah, she seems more Gwyneth Paltrow than Jen Gunter for sure. And so I don't understand. I'd see, she seems like the type of person that Jen Gunter would hate. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's just because, you know, she was like, come on my pod. Because I don't know what other stuff she's talking about. But I feel like there must be like pseudoscience discussed on that show. At least like behavior, like weird, like social science stuff that isn't true has to be coming up on that. Because like, that's all self-help is. It's just like unproven social theories. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's no way that there's anything that it's not happening there. So I, I actually think that's kind of hypocritical of Jen, who's like considers herself to be so science-based and so above all of that stuff. But as soon as they give her a platform, she like acts like they're the greatest podcast ever created. Um, But whatever. So she's now like this, I, the, the person who's writing this article is completely unknown. And this thing, MedPage, Dr. Jen Gunter says that she um, uh, occasionally reads it and that people in her orbit read it and that it's kind of a mix of like good stuff and kind of not so good. So is it more of like an, like an industry blog for the medical industry? I guess, but it's like, I guess so. I'm not totally sure. It's not like, um, but it's, it seems according to her, it's like a mix of like, well, well-written and well-researched stuff and like kind of more like not as well done pieces. So I guess that's why people sent this to her, but it's not anywhere close to like the platform that Glennon Doyle has, or um, it's not anywhere close to like, you know, even probably the platform that Jen Gunter has. So it's just, it's really weird to me that, so she says that this was miss, what does she say? She goes, she's this prominent gynecologist is like, um, and the North American menopause society. Oh no, the article dissed Gwen, uh, Jen Gunter and the North American Menopause Society, which of course is not a society that I have ever heard of. What, did, what exactly did this article say that got it says so- the mainstream menopause narrative is misleading women? And it basically is just about the podcast is called We Can Do Hard Things. Um, and according to Jen, Glennon and Amanda are referred to as the host in the article. Um, and she's referred to as the physician charming that's what she said but what did they say was misleading about what she was saying let's see i'm just going through i don't i mean it was about like hormones it was like a bit of a defamatory title so the title um implies that the hosts and i are misleading women and that's not okay well it doesn't imply i mean it literally says well, I guess is the mainstream menopause narrative misleading women is the name of the title. I guess it implies it. And then she goes, okay. She said that the physician is regarded as a menopause expert. Jen has a problem with that. I'm not regarded as a menopause expert. I am a menopause expert the same way. I'm not regarded as an OBGYN. I am an OBGYN. I completed a five-year residency as an OBGYN. I'm a board certified OBGYN. It's like, look, that's good. Congratulations on being an OBGYN. 
every single person who has a vagina has a fucking OBGYN. Like, I don't, I'm not saying it's not a huge accomplishment. I just think it's weird to like make your whole, I just think it's weird. Like, I think of course you deserve like respect and like, you know, whatever, but you have it, you have your fucking title. We we all have a job. What what more do you need? Like how much respect do you need in your, and if you want to be like a public figure, it's people aren't going to be like, Oh, well, she's a doctor. So whatever, every single fucking person that we talk about, I mean, like Stephen Gundry is a doctor. Yeah. And like she herself rails on against Dr. Oz. And like, so I mean, obviously yeah. the title of a doctor doesn't necessarily mean that much. If you think it doesn't most mean of like them you're are, not going to be, yeah. yes, you're doesn't mean you're not going to be scrutinized. If you're going on fucking self-help podcasts, like that's the game, dude. Like you can either have your practice and just like do your job and help women and be part of your like organization and stuff. But this like so-called like education campaign that she's on is like, she's fucking selling books and trying to be a public figure. Like don't fucking lie to us. Like don't piss on our legs and tell us. Yeah, she, I mean, she literally is doing exactly the same thing as Gundry, Dr. Oz, Will Cole. The like exact it's, same it's exactly. thing. Her brand is different. She's like, I'm the skeptical science-based one. Okay, good. Great. That's good. But like, you're still trying to be like famous. She's not trying to like educate. Like this information is very widely available. And like Jen Gunter is not necessary for like convincing people not to what put fucking yoni eggs in their vagina. I didn't put a yoni egg in my vagina until after I found out about Jen Gunter <laughs> and I just did it to spider. So there you go. Negative one for you. Yeah, negative <laughs> one on the old, the old yoni egg. Uh, yeah. And guess what? Probably. I'm fucking fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, so she didn't like being sick that she was regarded, but all the other th- the thing that's so unfair about this is that like, she's never named. So like you can, I, I just feel like being that like particular about like, if someone says you're regarded or you are when they don't even use your name is just like not really fair. So yeah, it's, so that's the craziest thing. Cause I, I should have read this. I, w- I just didn't, but I was like the fact that she, she wasn't even named and the podcast wasn't even named. And then, so she's literally the only one bringing this thing to anyone's attention. Like so, no one who doesn't know who she is in the first place would know what this person is talking about or even connect it to Jen Gunter. No. So apparently the article is centered about them just reading from Jen Gunter's Vagenda substack. The article is centered about three claims the author felt were made on the podcast that are apparently false and symptomatic of mainstream medicine's problem with menopause claim concerns about breast cancer have unduly robbed women of the benefits of hormone therapy claim menopause is undertreated claim seeking treatment for menopause is a feminist act. I acknowledge those are claims I have made and I stand by them, but the author's refutation of these claims is especially concerning because they are backed up by evidence. So let's dive in. So then she is going to go and prove, I don't really know how you can prove that seeking treatment for menopause is a feminist act. Yeah. That Um, seems like a completely unprovable. That seems like totally unprovable. Menopause is undertreated. I mean, like that seems provable. That's fine. And then concerns about breast cancer have unduly robbed women of bed. I mean, I guess I'm just like, not at the point of my life yet where I'm like looking into this and like worrying about, um, Breast so cancer Gunter's in that way, Gunter's uh, opinion is that you should not 
seek hormone no it's that you should no therapy but no she she does think you should get and i think that's like the mainstream opinion too like because that's like suzanne summers right I mean, I don't know. It's like a lot, like every single woman who has menopause or like whatever person. But that could cause a higher incidence of breast cancer. Is that? I don't know. I guess Jen is saying that there's a, yeah. Like anytime you're like taking hormones, there are like these risks of like cancer and stuff happening. Um, But let's see. Somehow the discussion I had with Glennon and Amanda was repopularizing the use of hormone therapy at scale. I don't quite know what that means. Maybe estrogen for all my friends, damn the science, full steam ahead. I'm sorry, what the fuck show were you listening to? The author cherry picks her points and acts as if she's refuting the podcast when she writes, some women experiencing intolerable menopausal symptoms may decide, oh my God, this is so fucking boring. I don't know. Like (laughs) some women may decide the benefits of hormone therapy outweigh the risks. And this could be a completely reasonable decision, but seem to ignore that I literally said, on the podcast, the risk is there, but it's very, very low. I believe people are intelligent enough to decide what is doing for me. I mean, yeah, like I, I think she's right. I think that like, um, her point is that like those risks exist, but they're like overstated, mm-hmm. um, which who knows? I mean, I do think it's like a personal choice if you want to like go on estrogen or not, like most, I think like hormone treatments, have like some, I mean, like every single medication that you take has like a bunch of risks. So I think, um, I guess the author was saying, which I'm based on what I just read and what I read before and then immediately forgot, I guess the author was saying that Jen Gunter is like too pro hormone treatment, but there might be more risks that people aren't taking into consideration. And Jen Gunter is pissed about that. So all of this is like a very sort of limited sort of semantical argument where this person didn't even name Gunter or Or the podcast or the podcast and was just, just writing a little blog post on a Wednesday morning, doing her job. Musing about whether yeah. or not women should take fucking estrogen for menopause, which is something that like very few people actually care about. Well, yeah. And so it's like, like, obviously something that is, I mean, it's important, um, but it, it seems like something where there's two probably valid arguments pro and con. And so, and and also, Jen just like, it just seems like very gentle sort of criticism. Exa- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like she's saying like, hormone treatment is killing women. Like you better not take this. And like Jen Gunter is responsible for women having these side effects or anything like that. She's saying like, are the, are, are these being overprescribed? Let's look at it. But then Gunter now reading this, her whole week now, her whole seven days out of her life is just centered upon defending herself, lashing out, getting revenge, you know, dunking on this person. It, I just, I just don't understand. This little, like very small fish. Yeah. What the, and ple- if you're- the pleasure you'd get out of it or the, the, the satisfaction just seems like, like, that's a, sorry, but that's like a very sad life that you're le- leading. If, if you're that, that concerned for that extended amount of time on, on dunking on. So I don't know. It's just, I think probably what happened is she went on her show 
nothing happened. Like, I don't, I think she was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to sell a bunch more books now, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. She didn't. And so she's like searching high and low for anyone who cares about this appearance on her podcast. And the only person who cared was this like poor girl that wrote this thing about menopause for med today or whatever it's called. And she's like, well, this is where, this is it. This is my time. I'm going to fight this woman and did. Maybe she's like running out of money. Cause I bet that her books probably aren't selling as well as she thought she lives in that. I mean, she lives in a gorgeous house in Marin County. So that mortgage is probably not cheap. Now she has two kids that are going off to college. That's obviously really expensive. I think they probably both got full scholarships for science. for being Gunter for yeah. being Gunters. Her boyfriend, quote unquote, doesn't do shit. He doesn't. I don't think have a job. He just well, he can't work because he doesn't exist. Yeah. He's a figment of her. He's probably costing her money because she has to like buy like you know like a scarecrow and dress it up. <laughs> yeah, and, like, or, or put it on her balcony for breakfast or whatever. You know, pay for the schizophrenia medication. That- <laughs> yeah. It's like not bay. covered by yeah. yeah insurance. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jen Gunter's going to the poorhouse. I guess so. Yeah, she's probably just trying to like get some money. Alms for the Gunter. Alms for um, the Gunter. <laughs> she's gonna have to go back to work and like be a gynecologist. I'm surprised she hasn't started a Patreon. Well, she, she has could... a Substack. Oh, she does. Oh, that's true. People, people, but aren't all of her things free? Like I've never had to pay for. I don't know. I never, this is my first time ever actually looking yeah. at the agenda. Cause she has enough fans that she could make a lot of money on Patreon. She's fine. Could she, she should start a podcast. She does have a podcast. Oh, she does. Yeah. We just don't listen to it. What's it called? Is it also it's called like agenda? body talk or body time or something. And it's like, it's like a Canadian podcast. I keep wanting to listen to it just so I can talk about it on this podcast, but I never do. I never will. Because their topics are so boring. It's just like, is it, true that you're supposed to drink eight glasses of water a day it's like like, like, that's her problem that is her biggest problem i think that she realized she painted herself into a corner because she's like oh here's a hole in the market the same way will cole every five years is like how can i reframe the keto diet to write a book about it jen that's what these doctors do they sit around and they're like how can i use my expertise to like sell books and she's like here's the hole in the market nobody is out there saying like i'm a science-based like real normal doctor who's like just like a feminist or something and i'm not gonna um you know i'm not gonna rely on pseudoscience and and that's gonna be my my thing which is great but the reason that there aren't as many of those is because people want like some salacious fucking bullshit. Like they don't want, like we have doctors who are telling us this stuff when we, when we seek medical care from the entertainment industry, we want to be shocked and titillated. And like, that's why it's like a dirty game. Like she's not going to win this game and she shouldn't have gotten involved in the first place. If she actually believed in like, solid science-based medical care she should never have tried to become a fucking celebrity doctor because they that just doesn't it's just not what um it's just not what it is it's just not yeah because the the, the natural fan i mean she does have her her rabid fans but like those people are the same people that like 
listen to their own doctors. So it's like, what is she actually providing? I don't know. I think that she provide. I think they like the, like, you know, they like the fight. They, they like, like the, and they like that. And they like the Fauci stuff in the mat, you know, oh, like yeah. they all want like a doctor who's like pro like vaccine and stuff like that, because that at least is like political, which like, we're obviously vaccine pro vaccine too here, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's political and it's like, it's fun and they feel like they're fighting and they feel like the victims in that scenario. So like, I feel like that probably is a big part of her fan base. She was recently on the Samantha B show, which she's very Samantha B. She's She's very Samantha B B energy. Oh, have you seen those Sam B billboards lately? They make me so mad. I don't think they put them in the Valley. They probably, I had to drive to West Hollywood the other day. So they're like all along sunset. Yeah. And it's just like, like the perfect, it was just like the perfect voice for the end times was what? like, was the, the slogan. They want, everybody wants the world to end. I know, but especially, and I hate to say it, the libs, like liberals. Really? You think? It's, yeah. It's like, I mean, I think maybe this is just in the past. I mean, the world is falling apart in many respects. I get yeah, it. Like, I'm I, having a panic attack every day. And like, I want to get out of this country so bad. Like I am freaking out here for real. Like I have to leave. But like, I mean, and I don't know. It just, it's like, there seems to be, an, and I have watched maybe two episodes of Samantha B in my entire life, but it's, they seem to those, she and her, her audience seems to like get pleasure, get a dark pleasure in the fact that the world is falling apart in a weird, well, I don't know how to I explain just, it. I feel like there are people whose lives who are like liberal. They went to like good colleges that like educated them to be like, and they come from families and they just backgrounds and like they're in the arts or whatever. And they're just like, have like a liberal worldview. This is not a new observation at all, but like, they're also, they're like limousine liberals. Basically they're like so privileged that like when they talk about this stuff, it still is completely just like theoretical to them. So like, while they, it's the same way it's that like, cause I, I've been getting really frustrated with the way that like European people are talking about America right now, because I feel like they're like, it's like so smug and arrogant and like judgmental where it's like, there's no empathy because they just like, don't see America as a real place. I feel like these, like, I feel like American like liberals have the same perspective of like people who are suffering at the hands of these policies. Like they don't see it as like a real problem. They see it all as like, entertainment like Mm. a lot of people see the suffering of the americans who are truly uh, in america as just pure entertainment because they're not touched by it in any way yeah um and that's what samantha b that's samantha b's like entire bread and butter it's like how that's how she makes money too is just like exploiting the suffering of people and like getting people pissed enough to watch her show for 30 minutes but then like but then not to do anything because why would they why would they disrupt the status quo when it serves them so well they don't really want to I yeah, mean, the, it's an old argument. It's not like, I'm not saying anything revolutionary, no. but that's like the Samantha B problem. Oh God. Cause it, it's, and it's like, and I get it. Like there are horrible things going on in the world and you can't, you can't shut everything out. Like that's definitely not a solution. And it's probably not moral or ethical either to sort of live in your own bubble completely. But there's a balance between, I don't know, watching cable news all day and watching Samantha B and just like screaming and and not actually enjoying life or like having i mean again this is coming from a privileged perspective because there are people that are not able to enjoy any aspect of their life but the people that watch samantha b and listen to jen gunter probably have pretty fucking good lives and have wonderful families 
and can go out and I mean, it sounds stupid, but like, you know, go on a hike or like smell a flower or like cook a nice meal. And like, there are wonderful things in this life. And, uh, I just don't think it's productive to completely despair, especially if you're privileged enough to have good things happening. Yeah. I mean, it's just like so much of American culture is just like watching people suffer. Like that's what American entertainment or that's what like all of the, like, that's what internet culture is. I think like people just love watching somebody get their, like, it's like in get like their asses handed to them because they deserve it for some sort of like something that's fundamentally wrong with them. Like they're stupid or they're an asshole or whatever. And so like people want to see someone get like like people love seeing somebody get like punched, arrested, kicked, whatever. And then on that's like on like the lower end of the spectrum. And then on the higher end of the spectrum, I think that these people are genuinely enjoying people like dying of COVID being in places with a lot of gun violence, like all of these things, like they like seeing it because they think that those people are like fundamentally it, deserve it. it and it proves like, their point. It proves that they're stupid yeah. and poor yeah. and they're uneducated. And it's like, it's not, that's what they think. They think like, they don't like it's just bigotry, but it's just like, they, they pretend that they care about it, but they don't, they're getting like, yeah, they're just getting their endorphin rush from what it. What is it? Concer- concern trolling? Yeah. It's concern. It's trolling. concern trolling. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is why conservatives hate liberals so much. <laughs> yeah. And it's but, like, as, a, as in addition to all the horrible racism and homophobia and transphobia and all that stuff, that's the problem with concern. Well, not the problem, but it's like, though they talk about liberals in a way where I'm like, yes, I agree with everything that you're saying, but they're just also so deeply mentally ill and crazy. That's the thing is I agree with conservatives on liberals. I agree with them on liberals, but I hate, I disagree with them on like everything everything that they actually believe in is like really, really scary and bad. I just don't understand how you can be radicalized and it's easy to be radicalized in this day and age because the world is falling apart. But the fact that you would be start as like a centrist or a liberal and then be radicalized to the right. Like that's so insane to me because the the difference is razor thin. It's like, there's no difference. I don't know. It just seems like so many of our problems, not all of our problems, but so many of our problems would be saved or would be solved by a robust social welfare state and healthcare and housing and all that stuff. I oh my god we it's I we it don't, okay this is it's not gonna really happen the point is this I'm sorry to say but here's what I think it just will never fucking happen we can't even ban assault rifles okay that's it but maybe Gina Viola will do better next time yeah the problem with people like that is they're totally incompetent wow you don't know her she's a community organizer maybe she's not but I think she probably is. <laughs> All right. Karen. I mean, her name's literally Karen. Oh, Karen. You voted for yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I just thought she was bad. I mean, look, it, nothing will, it doesn't matter. I could have just stayed home. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, Rick Caruso, just, yeah, turn our whole city into the fucking Americana. That, and you know what? That sounds great. I, now I get it. Now I get what Gwyneth is saying and I get what all these, it's like, do you want to live in a fucking Americana? Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Well, I have bad news for you because you wouldn't be able to live here because he's not going to provide any housing. So That's you would true. just be like, well, I, you would just have to move. Have and Gwyneth Paltrow would be living in the Americana and you'd be just like, kind of, you'd be living in like, I'd be working Merced at the Americana something. and having, like, getting bussed into like, from like the desert to, yeah, to get paid $10 an hour to work at the Americana. Okay. 
Anyway, okay, this is insane. We are losing it. Um, what was your craziest? Oh, now we're on okay. to the craziest. My saddest actually saddest. is that I think that Gwyneth, I think that Coop is running out of money and I'm scared. I think so too. Because that what you told me about that wire cutter thing. Yeah. But what the fuck is this referral thing? Oh, I got that email too. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like everything else is like, oh, if you have, if you're like, like on Uber or Lyft or on Thrive Market, they have one. It's like, if you have your friend sign up. What? For what? Sign up for what? I guess if they buy, it's like an Amazon affiliate link. Like if they buy something from Goop through your link, it makes no sense. It's crazy. See, can I refer myself? Can I refer Brian? (gasps) Oh, let's refer yeah, each other. Refer Brian Thompson. Oh, okay. He's probably bought stuff on Goop before. Oh, shit. For me. Yeah, John has bought stuff on Goop before, too. And I would, it's too embarrassing to ask any of our listeners to use our affiliate list. Well, I'm sure our listeners- they, They've are, always bought, they've bought stuff before. They've bought, our listeners buy more stuff on Goop than we do. Yeah. Um, no, uh, this is crazy. Because like, what what is the conversation that someone would have where Goop would come up and you'd be like, oh, hey, do you, if, like, can I, do you mind if I send you a, my personal Goop Like, link? am I going to send out, like, an email blast? Like, hey, I just want to talk to you about this great website that I use. It's called Maybe, Goop. If you sign up right now, you can use my referral code and I'll get $50. And I don't think anything will happen for you. But maybe you'd like to buy this. They must get it. They must get a discount, too. Yeah. The new people. Maybe Goop's going to pivot to just being a straight up MLM. I mean, I think you're I think she is trying to sell it. I think, I think the economy is bad. I think Gwyneth is over it. I think so. I think too. that this referral thing is this not good. Because it's it, not a good on sign. On the wire cutter, the referral I think, thing. Yeah. I feel like she's doing. She's getting more into politics. She's getting more into politics. She's she's yeah. But Gwyneth, if you're listening, if you sell goop, fine, do it if you want to. Can you please just then start acting again? How about? Direct, Gwyneth. Direct, yeah. Please. I want to see your vision of the world. I know. I feel like I live her vision of the world through my inbox every Thursday. But I want to make, like, she needs to make that, like, the talented Mr. Ripley 2 directed by Gwyneth Paltrow. Sure. Which exists. There's a book that exists. Oh, with Mar the characters in it? I think so. I need to read I it. I've only read the first one. I should there's a million Ripley books. Oh yeah, you're right. There are. Um that's Gwyneth, that's your new franchise. Yeah. Think about it, Gwyneth. That's a good idea for you. I so she could be trying to sell it. Also, and I don't I think with the economy now, this is probably not the case, but maybe they're thinking of going public and getting <laughs> like it'll be like on um it's gonna be What's like a, we were. Yeah, like it's we <laughs> like, like that whole thing getting the drumming up business for the so the IPO is good. I don't know, I don't know business things, but that's what it maybe she's trying to do. I mean, I think um what if Anne Hathaway well, learned, then plays Gwyneth in the next one? Well, she played her cousin. Yeah. What I know from about that from WeWork is their valuation has to be accurate. So if they say that they're worth like X amount of money, like they have to actually have it when they Mm. go public. So maybe she's trying to like match what she said she's worth or what she said the company's worth. I think that's. Because I I really don't think that Goop sells that many things. 
I do actually. I mean, like, I feel like. Have you ever seen a Goop product in someone's house, just out in the wild? That's yes, beautiful. many times. Oh, oh, never mind. I probably many just times. don't hang out with rich people. I also feel like people come up to me when they buy stuff on Goop. They'll be like, "I actually bought something from Goop. It was mm. this like thing that I couldn't find anywhere else." And I'll be like, "Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great store. Thank you for telling me." And I always <laughs> want to hear about it. But I know people who buy stuff from Goop okay. all the time. All right. Um, yeah, but this referral thing is very strange. It's disturbing. Well, we'll keep an eye I out. just don't like it. I think they're going out of business or I think something, something bad is happening because I just don't think, I don't understand how the referral thing works, obviously. But in addition to that, sharing is one of the founding principles of Goop. I wanted Goop to be a resource for recipes, estheticians, travel tips, style advice, healing modalities that my friends could reference as needed to discover something new, something beautiful, something life bettering. From the day I hit send on that first newsletter, the Goop community has been growing and evolving. And now we invite you to welcome your circle of nearest and dearest to ours. Maybe you always felt like Goop was too good to keep to yourself. I sure did. And I've dedicated my life to evangelizing for this and I should get the ultimate referral, but I guess I won't. Um, but now introducing your friends to the community and earning worthwhile perks for your generosity is as easy as a click type send. So what are we joining? Nothing. It's just a, it's just a link to to get they more get, people to get more people to buy goop I, I, they they obviously are trying desperately to expand their their customer base and this is the best they can do i mean get, why at this point why doesn't she just go on like qvc you get $50 for every referral. They get a $50 credit for okay. orders of $200. A win-win. You get early access to new launches, sales, and more, which I feel like I already do get Yeah, those. we get emails about everything early. Be the first to know early access to, oh, I said that already. Editor access, receive quarterly emails from Goop editors. We have editor access. We have editorial you, at You speak and... You say jump. Gerda says how high. Yeah. You emailed her and said, talk to, talk to me about seed oils. She was like, I'm going to write you a full thing. I emailed Gerda and she wrote back to me from her personal email just that day. <laughs> and I never wrote back because I got scared. Um, and Goop was built on with the premise that simply sharing ideas, resources, experts, and tools can create profound change. This program is designed to give you an opportunity to do some the same with your community. I don't this know is MLM mean. language. This is Jonestown language. Oh my God. I wish <laughs> I would love to... like we're launching goop lab Guyana. I mean, <laughs> I would, I would definitely get on those planes. Oh yeah. Drink, um, drink the goop club. Oh my God. I'd love it. Um, well, okay. Look, I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. It makes me um, scared. I think I just accidentally deleted the art, the email about it, which is probably for the best. Um, are you doing it? Tell us, let us know what it is. If yeah. If out. anyone has a story about actually getting their friend to buy something on goop for the first time. And like, literally, I want to see proof of this getting $50 off your next purchase. I would be curious to know if this is real. I have to know. Oh, and then goop kitchen is doing, oh no, they did it before. They said, well, refer a friend, get $5. But oh, that was yeah. like an actual thing. But that's like a normal thing. Yeah. 
Goop, I have something to say about Goop Kitchen. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to first do my craziest and I'm going to be, I have to be brief on this because I could get myself into a whole lot of trouble. I feel like this podcast is, already, <laughs> we should make this one private. I like this one's already gone so far off the rails. It's crazy. Um, all right. Well, my, my craziest is the, um, the article called masked autism. What happens when you pass as neurotypical? Okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to quietly listen to you. Yeah. I I'm not going to say much cause it's not going to be great. And I, let me just preface this as I always do. I am not a medical expert. Thank you. <laughs> I love autistic people and agree that they exist. I want to value their contributions for the society. And I want to sit my ass down and listen to them. That being said, this person is crazy. Okay. <laughs> Social psychologist Devin Price, he's the same guy that claimed that laziness wasn't a real thing before. I think. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. I liked that laziness isn't real because my old therapist used to say that to me too. So maybe, you know, it's maybe it's it's me. It's not him. And I agree. There are different levels of autism. I agree that you know some people can pass as neurotypical, but I don't even know what I'm trying to say anymore. This, just read it. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just say it. Just say uh, what you're thinking. It's just like, sorry, everyone is one is something or another. That's all I mean. It's like, okay, I'm autistic. I have ADHD. I can't do this. I can't do that. We all have problems. We all are not perfect. I, I don't like going to parties either. I don't like talking to people. I fucking hate social situations. Am I autistic? I don't think so. Do I like to like look at weird facts and like memorize lists of numbers and like know off the top of my hand, head the top 100 women's tennis players of all time yes do am i autistic i don't maybe i am actually maybe i am masked what is it called masked unmasked i'm an unmasked autist I'm i don't know because i saw that this article was there and i was like i'm not gonna even i don't want to even know what it says because i don't want to talk i don't want to go near this i just i'm not gonna even read it so i literally have no idea but now i'm gonna look at it because i feel like you were the brave <laughs> You're braver than me. You always have been. You always will be. And I'm going to just look at it. So like they, uh, Devin Price, this guy explains sort of what it's like to, you know, not understand um, facial expressions and having to piece together what we think someone is feeling. So all these things are like, I understand that this is obviously a struggle for people. I guess my problem, and I'm not expressing myself in a coherent way but it's like now everyone you could just say and this is a slippery slope that i don't want to get to but it's like you could just say that you're autistic right yeah, everyone is well, saying this how many what is it like 50 diagnosed everything is self-diagnosed and i get that this especially and this and they talk about it that autism was underdiagnosed a lot in communities of color in poor communities um they talk about how there's increased police violence towards uh, autistic people of color because they can't um, recognize certain social cues that makes them look like they might be dangerous or whatever. All this is totally real. It's just the self-diagnosis and the excuses. Pull up your pants, lift yourself up by your bootstraps and deal with it. Deal with it. That's I what I'm saying. We like, all have to deal with shit. Like, I don't know, but I do feel like there. I don't understand 
I feel like I'm about to say the worst thing, which is like, I, and I just don't know. I just don't understand. I didn't read the article. I feel like a lot of people do self-diagnose with autism. I would like to know how self-diagnosed autism is regarded by mental health professionals or is autism on the, I don't even know if that is like a mental health thing or if it's like on the, if it's like a neurological thing. See, I really don't know, but, um, I would just like to hear someone who is an actual expert tell me like, yes, self-diagnosing as autistic is acceptable to us as an industry. Or if they're like, no, there's diagnostic criteria and you have to meet it. And it's not like a, an identity. It's an actual condition that we, yeah, that, that's the thing is cause it is, I think. And again, as we both said, we don't know what we're talking about, but the autistic community, as far as I know, does consider themselves an identity and a community. And, and this is the, the sort of the like C, the, a lot Oh, sorry, go on. Well, I was gonna say like the, the whole CF thing of like, you know, treating, treating autism like some is something to be fixed is, is not, uh, is not the way that the autistic community see themselves. Same with like the deaf community. We don't want to be gonna say that about the deaf community. Yeah. Yeah. And that like, totally makes sense. If, it, yeah. if it, it, I agree, like you, there are ways that this is challenging, but this is part of who you are. Same with gay people, trans people. This is part of who we are. We don't need to change for anyone. Totally get that. But then it's it's the it's the this is an identity. But then this is also a disability. Then it's like okay, well, what it, what is it? I I would never say being gay is a disability. Well, it's not the same thing as being autistic or being. I guess deaf. not. Sorry, I, that's a terrible argument. I, well, no, I get what, but it did used to be considered like a it, mental yeah, yeah, yeah. health problem, but it, or whatever it was like in the. DSM five. And there are certain things about being gay that makes my life harder. Luckily, I live in a time and a place where those things are minimized. But and but like the thing about it is like, okay, like there are um okay, so like with the deaf community, I took ASL in college and like the teacher was deaf and she did a lot of educating about the deaf community. And she, she was very adamant that like, it's not a disability. And this is like just who we are. I mean, and that's fine. I mean, if you don't like, if you don't consider yourself to be disabled, then like, who am I to say that you are? And like, it's not because deaf people can live like totally like functional, like deaf people don't need like, you know, special parking spot or like they don't need these like accommodations like that. Like there are accommodations that like um, the hearing world can make for deaf people, like having ASL interpreters and stuff um, for like speeches. Um, That's pretty common. I mean, I wouldn't say, so like there are um, ways that the deaf community, I mean that like, you know, there are things that like, that like the deaf community has, um, you know, gotten for themselves things like, uh, sure. Like and so I guess, I guess having a disability and have an, an identity there, they don't have to be mutually exclusive, but like and- they, yeah, exactly. Like you can be like you, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just like such a stigmatized word. I was just sort of surprised that, um, this doctor straight up says autism is a developmental disability because I was under the assumption that the autistic community by and large didn't consider themselves to be disabled. And this is, well, I guess it's just like, 
I guess, I guess it's more just like, if you have like a disability, then yeah. like, but like you are still able, then but like if people just like want to be accepted and not be like, oh, well, like you're so different that like, you know, we can never understand each yeah. other. Like you have to be fixed. You have to be, ch- or just like want to live as they are instead of having to like try to fit into this world that they don't yeah. fit into. That makes sense to me. I, I guess my, and I don't know, maybe I'm just, I spend too much time online uh, looking at tweets from young people that seem to diagnose. And again, like with, you know, depression, anxiety, ADHD, autism, it seems like that, I mean, and the world is a horrible place that is very hard to live in. I understand. But uh, it does seem like books like this, I mean, they might educate, they might educate people and I'm sure they do, but also it does seem to lead to an increase in self-diagnosis which might not be the most productive way well it's also just like you I don't think you can really self-diagnose for stuff like that because like doesn't there need to be some sort of like criteria for a diagnosis for anything and like you can't just like look it up on TikTok I mean like there, I see so many things on TikTok where people will be like, oh, did you know if you hold your hand like this or like this, it might mean you're autistic or like, oh, do you ever feel like X, Y, or Z? It's like these like minimal things that like, okay, maybe someone has, that's why you need people to be actual experts, not to sound like Jen Gunter here, but like just because somebody like there might be characteristics that you can observe are like happening across this, like one community, but that doesn't make it like diagnostic criteria for that. You know what I'm saying? So like, just because you hold your hand in a way or you do something a certain way, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are that thing. It's weird to me that especially something as like misunderstood as autism and like that's like I probably like so widely studied right now that people are just like oh yeah you don't need to go to the doctor you can just you just know because you like take this like online quiz and you'll find out if you are or not and hopefully there will be better diagnostic criteria for diagnosing adults with autism because according according to this doctor all of the autism tests that doctors do are made for little kids it's like looking at picture books and like pointing out like feelings on faces of people and stuff. And so, and I agree, especially like people that were probably born, you know, working class or people of color who didn't have a lot of great like medical care when they were kids or probably underdiagnosed with things like autism. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that, I don't know. It's, it's just that, that mixing of disability with identity, which I agree is good in a lot of cases because it actually builds communities and um, helps people understand people that are different from them in a better way. But there is a way that it seems like it's a crutch for people to not have to deal with certain things or not try to improve themselves and their own social skills and their own way of interacting with the world by just saying, oh, well, I'm autistic. And maybe this is not, I don't know. I feel free to, to tell me I'm an asshole and totally wrong. I will listen. I promise. We're listening and we're We're listening, (laughs) but I feel like, um, I feel like, uh, just like identity, like identity is a scam. It's like, um, that was like created by marketing companies. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like people 
you know, I get it, you know, to an extent, but like, um, people right now it on the internet, I don't know what people are like in real life, but like online, it just feels like there's this desire to like pull apart every single part aspect of your psyche and put it into a different box. Like I'm this, I'm that I'm this thing. Um, nothing can just be like, this is a, this is a, like an idiosyncratic thing about me. It's like, who else is doing this and what does it mean about me and how do we form a group? And the reason that you're being conditioned to do that is because it's easier to target ads for you. If you do that, that's Mm, the, that mm. is truly the reason. So like, don't get sucked into that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't mean that every, I'm not saying that I'm not saying autism is like fake or anything like that. It's obviously not. I'm just saying getting sucked into the idea of like yourself as this part of a community is not always a good thing. Yeah. Cause you're, you're right. It's so, if you identify as some sort of part of some community, it's so easy for these ads to target you. Every ad I get on Instagram is for like old fat gay guys. (laughs) It's like (laughs) every single ad I get on Instagram is for insane women who want to starve themselves. It's all for, (laughs) it's all for like cleanses. Um, which is, I mean, honestly, that's like shooting fish in a barrel for me. I do nothing but Google cleanses constantly. I really ask that I'm asking for it, but they know what I want Yeah, and they give it to me. Oh my God. Well, okay. So I, I don't know. Just read, just watch it guys. You know, don't be so quick to die. Cause I thought for a while I had anxiety and I never, you know, I don't know. I guess you can get diagnosed with anxiety. I don't think I actually had it. The other reason that this, sorry to to jump in, but another reason is that because of our stupid healthcare system, if you want to go to a therapist and have it covered by your insurance, you have to be diagnosed with something. So like they'll often say like you have depression or you have anxiety because like, those are just sort of like low level things that everybody kind of has to a certain extent. And they have to be treating you for an actual condition so that you don't have to pay out of pocket. So that, yeah, I think that's actually the root of it. That's what's so fucked up is like this, this is the human condition and it's not necessarily a diagnosis. We all have to live with certain things. Also uh, like there's literally no possible, if you're an American, which I understand not all of, all of our listeners are, if you live in the United States of America and you, there is no way that you are not dealing daily with anxiety and depression. It's just not possible. It is a bad time in this country. And like people are flipping out. I sure am. Maybe I'm just, maybe it's just me, but I don't think it's just me. No. And I think I have been sort of consciously uncoupling from current events. Well, you're like a Capricorn. So like, you've been doing great this whole time. Cause you're like, Oh, I like do my routine. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. I'm routine has saved me. Routine has actually, um, improve the quality of my life exponentially. Yeah. But that's like you, I'm an Aquarius. Like yeah. I can't, I can't function, <laughs> Yeah, oh, God. but it's okay. Um, have you ever thought that maybe you're autistic? Yes. I have always, I've, I've done so many tests. The other problem with stuff like that though, is like, it's very easy to tell what the answers will make you be autistic, oh, of say you're autistic or not. Like it's just, it's, there's, I think at this point, I, it's probably like I'm done for. I'll never be able to be diagnosed for anything because I, I know, 
I know the things about myself where I'm like, this means I'm autistic or this means I'm like a psychopath or this means I'm like, a have bipolar, like all of the things I'm constantly diagnosing myself with. But when you take those diagnostic tests, like online or something, you're just playing the same mind games you play with yourself when you're self-diagnosing in your head, when you're just like thinking about it. Cause you, you, you are educated enough to know what the symptoms are. And that's why yeah. you're asking. And you know what them. you want the answer to be. Well, it changes. Sometimes I want to be autistic and sometimes <laughs> I don't, <laughs> but I don't think I have it. I feel I, like if you are having those thoughts while you're taking those tests, you probably, you probably are, don't. don't. Yeah, I do. I feel like I have a few autistic tendencies, but I feel like everyone does. Everyone I mean, they say upset. it's a spectrum, right? Yeah, a spe- Cause I, yeah. I definitely have my quirks. There's n- when I was a little kid, there was nothing. I, if you said, Oh, do you want to play with friends or do you want to read the encyclopedia and, and memorize all the flags of the world a hundred times out of a hundred, I would say flags, please. I mean, I definitely can't relate to that. I do think you're like a little bit more than me in that regard. Probably. I mean, I'm definitely, cause you do love, like, I, like, I also, I say, you say autistic again, I say Capricorn. Like, Maybe, yeah, it's, we, they're probably like, related. Like you have always had this like thing where you like, you have to like know everything about the thing that you like, and you have to like memorize, like you're like Oscar stuff. Like you're very like, you're very like fact focused. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm very like feeling vibe. I'm more about vibes, (laughs) (laughs) but that's Uh, the way it should be. That's why. Yeah. That's why we work together. So well. yeah, exactly. Oscar and Felix. Oh God, which one am I? Oh, I'm Oscar. I forget which is which. Oscar's the big fat one, (laughs) but (laughs) it's fine. Sorry. Is that triggering? Like the big fat. um, Yeah. Cause he eats so much Greek yogurt. I'll never forget that one. Brian, I'll be carrying that all day. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. It's fine. fine. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, just, you'll never, you'll never mention Greek no, that's just going me. straight in the trash. That's not going. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm going to. Okay. Um, let's move. This is the longest episode we've ever This is done. the longest episode ever. And also <laughs> one of the worst. I just. All right. Let's quickly, quickly. What would you try? I would buy the Tata Harper restorative eye cream. You would buy the Harper. T- okay. So uh, that's great. I would buy this set of spoons and knives called the Iconics Maple from Material Kitchen. $275. Great. I need new knives. Okay. What would you try? I would try, I'm going to try the Goop summer menu. They just sent out a thing that's like, if you liked our fishbowl, better eat it now because spring menu's leaving and summer menu's on its way. So I think we have like a few more days until the summer menu and I'm very excited. Yeah. That email was a little hyperbolic because I'm like, that salmon bowl is not going to change that much. I, I know for a fact, you. it's just going to be the exact same salmon bowl with like one ingredient switched out. Yeah, and they're like, going to have our new summer menu. They're going to have, cause it's like with asparagus now. So they're just going to switch out the asparagus for zucchini and call it summer salmon bowl. That's all they're going to do. That is absolutely what's going to happen. And I'll, but, and you know what? I haven't even had the spring salmon bowl. I had the winter salmon bowl. And I think that the salmon bowl is my least favorite thing on the goop menu i think it's a little dry there salmon i don't even i think if i was to go to goop kitchen which doesn't exist especially in the valley and eat there correct the salmon bowl might be good but like i'm sorry either getting it delivered or like driving and bringing it home that salmon is at least you know 30 minutes from from peak performance yeah it's just not the best thing to like 
eat after the fact, I feel. Because it's like, it, yeah, it's like, I feel like it's like dried out by the time you get it yeah. home and you're cracking it open. And they they are so excited about this very specific salmon that's imported from New Zealand, blah, blah, blah. It's like, can you local? Hello, what's going on? New Zealand? Why? New Zealand. I don't know. Yeah. But I will say this one other thing about Goop Kitchen, and then I'll let, you, let everyone go. I want them to bring back the old fucking, uh, not Chinese chicken salad, the old um, chicken salad wraps. It used to be on lettuce. Now you have to get it with those detox crackers. I want it on the lettuce and I want to be, I want the option of having no egg and getting, and it used to come with like avocado and like an egg. And I got it. Remember I got it with no egg and they gave me extra chicken salad. It was a great day. That was a great day for you. What I want I want them to bring that back. I want the old recipe. They've changed it and I don't like it. They don't, they don't let you do the lettuce wraps anymore. No. And I think that they took something else out. Like the pepper, I used to come with like those spicy peppers. I'm not sure if it comes with those anymore. I don't know. It's, it's not the same. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, we'll have to, when the, the, uh, the summer menu comes out, we will, um, we will check it out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Quickly, because my computer literally is like, you're running out of space. Cause oh this, my God. Episode this episode is so long. Why are we doing this? Um, I would try, I have to delete a gig of memory right now. Okay. I'm deleting it. Um, <laughs> uh, I would try, okay. This was, what was this? Oh, this was the, there was some article about how to brew a better cup of tea, whatever. I'm just never going to be a tea person. I have to like come to grips with that fact. Yeah. But um, they do have like all these accompaniments for tea. And I would like to try these pistachio and orange truffle bites um, that look really easy to make and tasty. I love the combination of orange and chocolate. Um, this, contrary to Gerda's recommendations, is made with coconut oil. But I guess you could use seed oils if you everything. want. <laughs> yeah, she's like, use, use canola it's oil. Everything, all the goop recipes now are just going to switch to canola oil. <laughs> I mean, it's probably an old recipe. Coconut yeah. oil is over. over. Yeah, I think this recipe is from 2017, which is the that height of the, the coconut queries. Anyway, okay, um, my computer is about to explode. So, all right, okay, we'll we talk to you go. later. Okay, bye. sorry about everything we said. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.